welcome to everyone today. And if you're a guest this morning, we are glad to have you in service with us today. And uh, I want to acknowledge a few folks. And if I leave somebody out that should have been acknowledged, please accept my apologies. But um, it's good to have Sister Leanne Mott's mom in service with us today and her aunt. We are thrilled to have them visiting from Liverpool. So glad they came to see us. <laughs> Amen. Also good to have Brother Jared from Ann Arbor, Michigan, visiting with us. Good to have him. And uh, also good to have Sister Lorna and Sister Ray. They uh, were a part of the Philippex Church in um, New Jersey, and they're visiting with us today, and we're glad to have them in service. Amen. If you're watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service today. Pray that you are blessed wherever you may be. Amen. Would you stand? And uh, I want to give a quick testimony. I am very thankful today. For the Lord's blessings in our lives. <laughs> um, as most of you know, we were out of town this past week. I listened to Brother Shelton's message and I heard him say he thinks he'll need six months off after his daughter gets married. And after coming home yesterday, the combination, anybody ever have that post vacation depression? Yeah, the combination of that and coming back to the reality that that bedroom will no longer be occupied by my second daughter, it's not the greatest. I think six months may be good. I don't. For all of you that your kids get married and it's no big deal and you move on, and I really feel sorry for you, actually, um, because really I've, I've learned the deeper you love, the deeper you hurt. The deeper you love somebody, even with good things, the deeper you hurt. That's why death can be so hard. So anyway, we we went to St. Augustine, Florida. Never been there before. Beautiful place and um, oldest city in America. And uh, we left there Friday morning to head home at a couple of places we were going to stop on the way. And initially, we're planning to spend the night someplace, but decided. We had four drivers in the car, and we would go straight through. And, of course, the main driver is a pretty stubborn driver. And um, about 2.45 yesterday morning, Saturday morning, a little less than a mile from uh, the I-97 north ramp on 50, I had thought I was doing fine until I was shaken awake by the guardrail, scraping against the side of my car. (laughs) And um, thankfully, there was no vehicles close by, and thankfully, there was a guardrail. There was a lot of other places that may have happened, but the guardrail wouldn't have been there. And uh, I 
honestly was not trying to be stubborn. I thought I was okay. Um, found out I wasn't. Needless to say, the last five minutes of the drive, I was wide awake. Um, but I, in all seriousness, and especially having three very uh, precious people to me in the vehicle, I, I am very thankful today for God's grace and hand of protection. Amen. If you turn to John chapter 11, John 11, and uh, we'll begin reading with verse number 20. John 11 and 20. This is the story of Lazarus. Mary and Martha's brother who had gotten sick and they sent word to Jesus because they believed that Jesus cared about them and their brother and that he would come and I'd encourage you, I'll mention it, but you go back, I would encourage you to read it, the beginning of this chapter because the Bible says that when, when they got word to Jesus, <clears throat> rather than Jesus stopping everything, and going straight to them, he actually intentionally delayed. And, but he told the disciples, he said, what, what's going on is going to be for the glory of God. And uh, let, let me just, I, I believe that miracles have taken place in this place today. But you got to understand, sometimes they are manifested instantaneously. Other times they're done, but it takes a little bit of time for it to be fully manifested. If I told you this morning that I was going to send you a check for $1,000 if I had the proper address and we trusted, I'm not sure if we trusted as much as we used to, but we trusted the delivery system to get it to you. You would thank me the moment I told you I was sending it. Even though it was not in your possession. Somebody needs to be thankful for a miracle that's already been sent. It might be a couple days in the mail to get there, but don't lose your miracle just because it hasn't instantaneously happened. So that's little bit of the context of these verses, John 11, verse number 20. Jesus finally does come. After a few days, he comes. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That, that's, that's faith. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And it's, it's really amazing in verse 22, she says, I know whatever you ask can happen. And so Jesus says, your brother's going to rise. Oh, I know. I'm, I know that. But we're talking about the resurrection. And Jesus said, I, 
you said you believed I could do anything. I'm talking about right now. Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am. Jesus said unto her, I am. You'll get this more in a few moments. But Jesus said unto her, I am. You see, we we read it this way. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? But Jesus said unto her, I am. New translations can be dangerous in some areas and I think great in others. The other day I came across this verse, verse 25 in the Passion Translation. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until, the, until then. I am the resurrection. I am, the, I am life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And then the, the footnote says this. The words I am in Aramaic are a clear statement of Christ's deity. I am the living God. The resurrection and the life. I know it says, I am the resurrection and the life. But but he said to her, Martha, I am. Some of you got a little understanding of what that means. Some of you may not really understand that. But hopefully over the next few moments you'll understand that. And the significance of that. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning. That may be relative. I want to preach to you fully present. Fully present. God, thank you for your presence in this place, moving and ministering. Thank you, God. I believe. I believe, God, you have already done miracles for somebody in this place today. We may not know the testimony yet. We may not know exactly what it is yet. But I believe you have worked and moved in situations already. I pray, God, that now you would minister to us today through your word. That your spirit would speak in this place today. I pray, God, that we would have ears to hear what you would say. Faith to mix with what you would say. That we might be benefited. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ trust you today and depend on you for your anointing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Those of you that are possibly wondering where my better half is, she spent a good portion of the night last night with Sister Liz Eckerd. They didn't think that Brother Bill was going to make it through the night, and uh, he made it through the night. Praise God. Amen. I, I want to just at the outset mention this. It's it's not really the, the the focal point of the message this morning, but it definitely is a part of it. 
And that is the idea, that the, the concept of the deity of Jesus Christ, the Godhead. It's not, I haven't really come to preach to you this morning about the Godhead, but it's about the Godhead. And I realize that for us in the world we live in, and for a long time now, in fact, I guess almost a couple thousand years, there has been the idea that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three separate co-equal persons. But according to the Word of God, I don't believe that's the case. In fact, with a little bit of research, you can find good old Google. You can find that the doctrine of the Trinity was created in 325 A.D. And that part of the reason it was created is because the world was full of nations that believed in multiple gods. The children of Israel were constantly surrounded by nations that believed there were many gods. Some believed there were hundreds of gods. And the Lord told the children of Israel all the way from the beginning of His choosing of them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Not three, not three hundred, not three thousand, but He is one. The, the problem we have is this. We now read, when we read Scripture... We are re- all of us read it. I was born and raised apostolic. This is all I've ever known. But the bottom line is when we read scripture, I, I, I imagine for a moment this is the this is the Trinity, okay? And and this over here is scriptures. I'm giving you a timeline, all right? This is this is scripture. This was everything that was written in the Word of God. And, and then comes along this thing called the Trinity in 325, and then you and I come along. And now, even when we have been in this, uh, like some of us have all of our lives, when we look back at the Word of God, we see through this filter. The bottom line is, They didn't try to explain Scripture based on the doctrine of the Trinity. There was no doctrine of the Trinity to explain it by. What is amazing is, I I think in God, you know, God's pretty amazing. If you didn't know that, He's pretty amazing. And one of the things about the Word of God is there are things that God presents in such a way that if you want to believe a lie... You can believe the lie. If you want to find evidence for the lie, you'll find evidence. But then if you want to dig a little bit deeper, if you're willing to not be influenced by religious tradition, religious history, what's popular amongst most people, then you can begin to see things. Can I tell you, I have never, I was thinking about this this morning, but in all of my life, I have never heard of one person who has ever said they came to a revelation of the Trinity on their own. I have never heard that. I have heard many times people who had been raised having been taught that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were three separate co-equal persons that all on their own by reading the Word of God came to the conclusion that they were not three separate co-equal persons but it was one God manifested in three different ways. One of those stories connected to us is back in I think the 80's somebody might be able to help me but a man who was a professor at the Naval Academy I think it was applied mathematics I think was the 
the class that he taught all on his own through mathematics came to the conclusion that there was only one. He began to go around to various churches in this area, sit down with pastors and tell them that, and church after church after church he shared that, and they rejected what he had to say. And finally one day he came and sat down with Bishop Wright, my dad, and began to share that with him, and much to his surprise, Bishop responded and said, well, that's exactly what I believe. So I, I want you to, I want you to I'm, I'm putting that out there because I, I, I want you to listen through that filter. Because I, I, I don't know how you can hear some things I'm going to read to you today. Not just what I'm going to say, but what I will read to you from the Word of God. And then think that Jesus Christ was the second person of the Trinity. Because he said, Martha, I am. I am. John chapter 18, verse number 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, one of the problems that I find with Bibles on devices is that there is a very important principle when you read the Bible, when you read the King James Bible. That principle is when you find words in the King James Bible that are in italics, they're not there for special emphasis. They're not there because they're trying to emphasize a point. The reason that those words are in italics is because the translators are being honest to say this wasn't in the original, but we think it fits, it's what it's saying, it helps it to make more sense. So again, as you can see on the screen, there are no words in italics. The Bible study software program, PC study Bible that I have used for all my ministry, the same thing. I will say that the uh, version Bible app does show italics. And so what you can't see on the screen, or perhaps if you're looking in a digital Bible, is the fact that there is a word in this verse that is in italics. They answered him, who are you looking for, Jesus says. They say, Jesus of Nazareth. 
Jesus saith unto them, I am. I know that says, it says, I am he. But the word he is in italics. So Jesus responds and says, I am. Not just I'm Jesus of Nazareth. I am. And the next verse says, As soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. (laughs) The footnote in the passage translation says, This was a stunning event as the great I am. As the great I am spoke his name before those who sought to seize him. It is obvious in the text. They did not trip over each other in surprise. For even one of these strong men fell, for even one of these strong men fell backward to the ground. I think it's supposed to be for everyone. I had to type this. I couldn't copy and paste. So let me read it the right way. For every one of these strong men fell backward to the ground by the power of God. Because they thought they were looking for a man. But what they didn't know was it was God fully present in a man. Kind of sounds like this, Acts 9 verse 3. And speaking of the Apostle Paul, as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? I'm on my way. I'm on my way to get Jesus. Jesus' followers, excuse me. I'm on my way to to persecute Jesus' followers. Who are you, Lord? Because you are Lord and Jesus' followers, that's a whole other thing. And the same voice says, I am. I am Jesus Whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I propose to you that the same power that knocked those men back when Jesus said, I am, is the exact same power that knocked Paul down on the road to the mat to Damascus because the same one that was manifested in the flesh was the same one that was speaking from the heavens. Not a second person of anything. I I told you I'm not here to preach about the Godhead, but it's just hard to stay off of it. We want to say that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are co-equal persons. The moment one person sins another person, it's no more equality. The fact that someone can send someone else means they are superior to them. So if Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are co-equal, and the Father said to the Son, you go, they're not equal. 
Not to mention, how impressed would you be with me today if I knew your life was in danger and I said, you know what, I love you. I love you so much. I'm going to send, if you're a guest, this is my son. I'm going to send my son to die in your place. He just said, please don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is not the message, but here we go. You want to sit and love a father who had so much love, he sent his son to die for you while he stayed on the throne sipping iced tea. Oh, I know that's a little bit sacrilegious to say it that way, but I'm just trying to get the point across. I'm supposed to be so impressed by the love of God the Father, which is not even a term in Scripture. No, actually, God is God the, God the Son. It's amazing the way we get little terminology mixed in that I'm going to be impressed with a, with a God that loves me so much. He's willing for His Son to go suffer for me and for Him. No. God robed Himself in flesh. Didn't send enough. I, I know, I know. Uh, what, but what about, what, what about all of that? What about all of that is we're trying to understand it all through a filter that has been created. Take off the filter. I am. So for those of you that may not completely understand the the significance of that, let me give you a little bit more of the foundation of that. We go all the way back almost to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Exodus chapter number 3. Moses, who is now fled from Egypt for his life to preserve his own life, has spent years in the wilderness, has married, has got kids, whatever, and now God is about to call him to go back to Egypt to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Exodus 3 and verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. 
And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land, out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them come now therefore and I will send thee just because God hasn't shown up yet doesn't mean he doesn't know what you're dealing with for all the children of Israel knew was they were in bondage and bondage was continuing on but while all they knew was bondage God was over here working some things out for him Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, And shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? God, I I need to be able to tell them who sent me. I need to be able to give an answer as to whose authority it is that I am speaking in. And God said unto Moses, I am... That I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. I am. The God that created the heavens and the earth was the I am. The God that called Moses the only God was the I am. And the God that appeared to Martha in the form of a man was the I Am. It wasn't a fraction of God. It wasn't a portion of God. It was all of God. John chapter 8 verse number 53. Art thou greater than our father Abraham which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that He is your God. Yet you have not known Him, but I know Him. And if I should say I know know Him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know Him and keep His saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews... Unto him, thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I was. 
That's what proper grammar should have been, right? Before Abraham was, I was. No. He said before Abraham was, I am. Because no matter how far back in time you go, I am. In the present, I am. In the future, I'm not the I will be. I am the I am. I don't know what you're facing today, but can I tell you, there is an I am. I don't know what your need is, but there is an I am. And it's not just any I am, but it is the. The. I am. Fully present. You and I don't have a third of God today. You and I aren't dealing with a fraction of the I am. It's the same I am today that stood and talked to Martha. That stood and talked to the rest of them. And the same God that said to Moses, I am. He said to his disciples, if you've seen me. You've seen the Father. I, I don't know. I think maybe there still may be even today some resemblance between Nathaniel and myself. But I'll show you some pictures of me when I was his age. And they could confuse you. Recently I posted a picture on Instagram of Angie and myself when we were dating. We were both about 17, 18 years old. And several people commented on that picture. Looks like Nathaniel and Elizabeth. He may still favor me. One time when we were walking into the mall, Timothy was about, I think about five or six years old. I was walking into the mall and a complete, absolute complete stranger. Never seen him before, never don't think I've ever seen him since. They just looked at me and said, well, you can't deny he's yours. But there's a big difference between that five or six year old favoring me and saying, if you've seen him, you've seen me. He may favor me even now, but there's a difference between him and I. I got a little more variety of colors to my hair than he does. I can't say if you've seen Nathaniel, you've seen the Father. I can say if you've seen Nathaniel, you may have seen a resemblance of the Father. So when Jesus said, if you've seen me, He wasn't saying you've seen the resemblance of my Father. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because I am the I am manifested in the flesh. Mark 6 49. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Jameson Fawcett and Brown says this. 
for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. There is something in these two little words given by Matthew, Mark, and John, and it gives the Greek words. The Greek words there are, I am. There's something in these words which from the mouth that spake it and the circumstances in which it was uttered passes the power of language to express. Here were they in the midst of a raging sea, their little bark the sport of the elements, and with just enough of light to, des- to descry an object on the waters which only aggravated their fears. But Jesus deems it enough to dispel all apprehension, to let them know that He was there. From other lips, that, quote, I am, would have merely meant that the person speaking was such a one and not another person. That surely would have done little to calm the fears of men expecting every minute it may go to the bottom. But spoken by one, capital O-N-E, who at that moment was treading upon the waves of the sea, and was about to hush the raging elements with his word. What was it but the voice, the voice, not a voice, but the voice, which cried of old in the ears of Israel, even from the days of Moses, I am, I even, I am he. So Moses sees this burning bush not being consumed and he turns aside and then out of that bush a voice begins to speak to him. That voice identifies himself as the I Am. Jesus, on several occasions that I've read to you, identifies himself to them as the I Am. I'm here today to tell you He is a fully present God. That term fully present has become a little bit of a buzz word, buzz term, I guess. I don't know how you say that in our day. Especially connected to the creation of the cell phone. You ever walk through a restaurant on your way to the table and just scan the restaurant? seen how many people sitting at a table sometimes it's just a man and woman husband wife or whatever the relationship is they're both sitting there at that table heads down scrolling a device they're not fully present pass by tables of families you see parents sitting on their device, and little children sitting on their iPad. You're not fully present. You may be in the presence of each other, but you're not fully present. I think, and I don't want to get too off track here this morning, but I think we've yet to fully understand the negative impact technology has on us. 
It's really sad. My wife said it to me the other day. I wonder what kind of parents our kids are going to be. We are by far not perfect, but we have tried our best to make it pretty much the rule. You don't sit at the table on your phone. It's one thing if there's a situation you really need to deal with, but if you're just sitting there scrolling social media and you're in the presence of your family, you are cheating them. sad we can't even just sit in the same room without everybody I know there are a few of you this has no application to but it's a few so there's something about someone being fully present several years ago now the previous house we lived in the the, the kitchen uh, was was positioned in one spot and then it went to the, the family room and kind of there was a little bit of a corner in the family room and it was in that corner where my chair was. And f- I had done this for years. But apparently this was the day. Because many times before I had sat in that chair as my wife was in the kitchen cooking. And she was talking, and I was listening. I was on my phone or my iPad, but I was listening. I could repeat everything she said. But something happened that day. And she just stopped talking. Like, wait, wait a minute, what's wrong? I can't see you. Whoa, you've been talking to me for years without seeing me, and... And I've tried to change since that day. I haven't always done it perfectly. But now if she's in the kitchen and starts talking, I try to find me a spot where I can be seen. Because she wants me to be fully present. We want people when we're in their presence to be fully present. I don't want a portion of you. I don't want you sitting there kind of half-hearted listening to me while you're chuckling about something that's on social media. I, I don't want you to be there physically, but someplace else mentally. Can I tell you about something more important to being fully present than just you and I being fully engaged? And that is having a fully present God. We went to St. Augustine. St. Augustine is the oldest city in, in, in America. And you know, they, they got places like many other places. You can go through these spots where they have replicas and reenactments and all of that. But you know what? The, a reenactment is not the real. A replica is not the real. There's some things it may be okay to have a replica of. Been a few times in my life, I'm still working on some vanity. You pray for me, and I'll try to get over it. There have been a few times in my life where I bought imitation clothes, watches, shoes. Watches didn't usually last very long. But the clothes, you didn't really, you know. Nobody really knew that that little horse on there was not the real, genuine Ralph Lauren. I mean, it lo- I'm not talking about polo association. I mean, it was a Ralph Lauren-looking horse, but it wasn't a Ralph Lauren shirt. 
I, there's some things like that that replicas are okay. But I got to tell you something. When it comes to God, I'm not interested in a replica. I'm not interested in something that looks like what something used to be. There's too many important things in your world and my world. I need the I am. I don't need a portion of the I am. I don't need a fraction of the I am. But I need the I am. So let me, let me move on here. Moses, I am the I am. To the people Jesus was talking to in the flesh, he said, I am. But what does that leave us today? Well, let's go to John 14, starting with verse number 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now watch this. He's telling them, I'm about to go away. I'm about to leave you. I'm not going to be with you anymore in the form that I am currently with you. However, I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter. Notice the word comforter is a capital C. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you. He didn't say, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send someone. I will send something. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I. I. Who's the I? The I am will come to you. 
Verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I'm not going to leave you alone. And so from this point on, those that may no longer see me in the flesh are not going to have any less of me. They're not going to have any less of me than you have. And you don't have any less of me than Moses had. Because for Moses, I was the I am. For those there that day with Jesus, he was the I am. But the good news is that in 2021, the same I am that was with Moses, the same I am that was manifested in the flesh, is the same I am that is here today. And not only just here today, but the same I am that now dwells on the end inside of me that God is fully fully present fully present Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 39 for the promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are afar off even even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And there are those that will say, not unbelievers. Of course, if you say this, I don't say how oh, you're not an unbeliever. But people that profess to be Christians that will tell you that miracles are not for us anymore. That speaking in tongues is not for us anymore. That God doesn't do some of the things today that He did in His Word. I don't mean to be offensive, but if that's the case, that is not a God I'm interested in. That's not a God I want. If He's less today than He was then, don't tell me He's the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. You and I understand, especially the middle-aged and older folks here today, understand the older you get, the less you can do. Or you may still try to do it, but you pay for it. Or you may still try to do it, but you can't do it as well. I've said this many times, I'm going to say it again. When you're young, you go to sleep hurting, sore. You wake up feeling great. The older you get, you go to bed feeling okay. Because you finally got everything loosened up enough to work. And you wake up the next morning and you wonder, where did that train go? You wake up, go to get out of the bed, and you try to move your neck. What did I was sleeping? I have been horizontal for eight hours. What did I do? I'm now waking up 
throughout the night trying to get off my left side. My shoulder has awakened me with pain from sleeping. See, you and I, that's what we're used to. Isn't it amazing? I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. Isn't it amazing? God, God God is infinite. God is omnipotent. He has the power and the ability to do whatever He wants, however He wants to do it. God could have created us in such a way that life did not go that way. God could have made us, He could, absolutely, God could have made us in such a way that the older we get, we didn't have less energy, less strength. But that's the way He designed it. And I think one of the reasons He designed it that way is because He knows the closer we get to death is not, the close, is not being coming closer to the end. Because what we call death in this life is just transition to eternal life. And so the older we get, the more dependent we become. So that we have to face our immortality. My first time, please note, my first time to say this officially in public. I got a text this morning from my son-in-law. That is still... Very weird to say, Brother Barr. I know all you folks know how that all is, and you're you, but I'm still not used to it. And the text was a picture. Some of you have seen some of Jalen's pictures sitting on the edge of a building or some kind of high place, and he's got a shot of his feet. He sent me. Just had to take one of these. My response was, well, I guess marriage didn't change you. (laughs) He responded and said, well, maybe when I have kids it will. You see, there's stuff we do. I, I I I used to ride roller coasters. I don't hardly ride them anymore. I've seen too many videos on social media of them getting stuck. And I'm pretty convinced the next time I ride one, I'm going to be on that car that at the top of the 350-foot drop, it's going to stop. And they're going to have to come repel me down the side. So you know what? Y'all can have that. Go jump out of an airplane if you want to. Airplanes weren't created for you to jump out of. They were created for you to fly in and get out of once they safely landed. And some people have jumped out of them. We won't call any names. Some people have jumped out of them and want to do it again. My point is, if you did it and it succeeded, every time you do it, the closer you're getting to failure. There's something about us in our youth where we feel invincible. But the older we get, the more we realize I'm not invincible. The good news today is after thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the I am is absolutely the same. 
Nathaniel, come please. Last passage, Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength. Those words were written thousands of years ago. And you and I can read them exactly the same. We don't have to read. God was their refuge and strength. We can say today, just like they said, God is our refuge and strength. He, not that He was a present help, but He is a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God God shall help her and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with. The Lord of hosts is with. Not the Lord of hosts was with them. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts. The I Am is with us. The God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob is our refuge he is a fully present God the comforter that we have felt in this place today the spirit of God that has moved in this place today is the spirit of thee the I am. I want you to stand, please. Whatever you're facing today, God, the I am, is your refuge. He is a very present. He is a very present help. 
I realize there are times, and no doubt there's probably some people in this place right now. There are times in which we don't feel Him. There are times in which we look around and we don't see Him working. But He promised us. He is a very present help. Would you just close your eyes for a moment right where you are? I want to give an invitation first today. If you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of that speaking in another language, you can leave this place today with the I am. Again, I don't mean this unkind, sarcastically. I'm just saying it the way it gets said. Not leaving here today with a third person in the Trinity now living in you. But leaving here today with the I am. The same God that spoke to Moses. The same God that manifested Himself and the man Christ Jesus, the same God here today. If you've never experienced that, I want to invite you to make your way down to the front of this sanctuary and somebody will join with you and begin to pray with you. And you can leave this place today knowing that the I Am is in you. Maybe you're here today and you've already been filled with the Spirit of God. You've already received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but... You're dealing with some stuff. You're going through some things. and Not only do you need the assurance, the reassurance that the I am, the I am is working in your life whether you see it or not. You need your faith renewed. You need your confidence renewed. Some of you are facing some challenging circumstances. Some of you are facing major life decisions that you've got to make, can I tell you the I am is with you, will never leave you or forsake you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if nothing else, just to be respectful of those around you, if the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you this morning, whatever way and whatever way it applies, if you if you know He's talking to you, if the Lord is ministering to you, would you would you go a step further and respond to that right now? Don't let just just be a sermon this morning. Don't let this just be perhaps a nice thought, but let it be your reality. Let the Comforter, let the Comforter be what you need. Do what you need in your life today. In the name of Jesus. God, I believe today that you are a fully present God. We haven't come today to honor a God that is a has-been. We're not here today to worship a God that is a used-to-be, but we are here today worshiping the I Am God. You're the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're never going to be the I Was. You will always be the I Am in every moment of our lives in every moment of our lives you are the I am God 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, God, for those that are facing, that are battling with doubt and fear in their lives, God, would you make yourself known? Would you reassure them today that you are the I am? You are the very present help. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there are some folks that have come to the front. If I could get somebody that would come and join with them and pray with them. We trust in you today, God, as the I am. We trust in you today, God, as the I am. We've already sung in this service about you doing miracles, and we have sung that because you are the I am. God, I pray that you wouldn't just be the I am intellectually. That you wouldn't just be the I am in our lives, in our minds, because that's what we've heard. But I pray that experientially you would be the I am. That every one of us in this place would encounter you in an undeniable way to know that you are still the same God that you have always been. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're the great I am, you are still the great I am, you will always be the great I am, you will always be, you will always be the great I am. You will always be a fully present God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want to see In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would be the I am in every life in this place. That you would personally manifest yourself. That you would manifest yourself. In a real way as the I am God. The same God that you've always been. The same yesterday, today, and forever. In the name of Jesus. 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 You're the great I am. You're the great I am. You are still the great I am. You will always be the great I am. Hallelujah. of your name there's no other name like your name Jesus hallelujah hallelujah
majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence You're the great I am. Need to go, you're welcome to go. Thank you for being here today. Worthy, worthy. 